The Rams had a Week 16 battle with the 49ers. Sean McVay's high-powered offense fought hard. Gurley over the right side. He barrels in. Todd Gurley's second touchdown gives the Rams a 20-10 lead. But in the end, the fearsome defense could not stop San Francisco's late strike. The hold is down. The kick clears the line, and Robbie Gold sends the Niners to victory. San Francisco wins it 34-31. Now it's time for Week 17 for the Rams. Back at the Coliseum for the final game of the season. And the final game at the Coliseum. We look to Rams-Cardinals this Sunday. And what the offseason may hold for the Rams. All ahead this week on Rams All Access. Hi, this is Sean McVay of your L.A. Rams. This is Rams All Access. Rams All Access is powered by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Hi, this is Jared Goff. This is Rams Rams All All Access. Access. Well, it is the most wonderful time of the year. I know Christmas is behind us, DeMarco, but I still love this week between the holiday and the new year. Because I think it's the best time to be in Los Angeles. I'm not sure if it's people are out of town. Yeah. People aren't working. But you can drive anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more fun. I got here in about 18 minutes. It's a lot more fun. Uh, keep the tree, but no more music. Okay. I think that's where I draw the line. Like, Feliz Navidad, I- I'm done with that song until next Thanksgiving or post-Thanksgiving. But keep the tree going through New Year's. Just no more music. <laughs> and no more Lakers talk, right? After you hosted the morning show following uh clippers well, and lakers you ready I, to turn your attention to the no, rams i just hope that i hope rams fans aren't like laker fans and like laker fans are in com- complete denial about what just happened uh the the replay shouldn't have happened uh, the clippers aren't as good yada 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 okay anything but the clippers beat them on christmas day look san fran and i just talked about this with kirk morrison three days ago when we did the show together he said he still thinks the rams are a better team than the 49ers how the 49ers have beaten them twice this year. I think they're better than the Rams in 2019, no matter what you think. Move on from that. So, I mean, just be a little more realistic. You had a chance to keep your postseason hopes alive in mm-hmm. San Fran, especially with what happened on Monday night, and you came up short. Live in that world. Get better from there. With Marco Far, J.B. Long, and on this finale of Rams All Access, we will do some year-end awards for 2019, some injury news, who will and won't play in the uh, Week 17 contest against the Cardinals, who might be playing their final game in horns. Plus a look ahead mm. to next season, a Rams All Access poll that reads something like this, as the Rams prepare for their final Coliseum home game, which opponent would you like to see in the 2020 opener for SoFi Stadium. But first, let me ask how your Christmas was. How's the family? How was your holiday? Christmas was excellent. Uh, I loved it. Uh, my, my my four-year-old, who's, I think she's closer to five. She is closer to five than she is four, but she's still four. She had more fun with the wrapping paper than the actual gift. Uh-huh. To me, that's the fun part. Yep. Watching them, like, it's a sea of wrapping paper and her just, like, floating through it. That, to me, is fun. Uh, and everyone was happy. Wife was happy with her gift. My 19-year-old was happy with her gift. I was happy with mine. The in-laws were fine. No one, like, tried to kill each other. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Good Christmas. Anything worth mentioning that you received that you're excited about? Oh, uh, you know, I You got, don't have to no, you know, no, announce just, that publicly. I got gear replacement, my workout gear. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, sometimes I go nose blind. <laughs> I know what you're saying. To my workout clothes. Hey, it's just a testament to the work that you put in in 2019 that it needed to be replaced. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, honey, where are my dry fits? 
and it's just silence. Yeah, yeah she took them and I've replaced got, them. I've yeah. got dry fits older than my kids, so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it is great to be here with you. I mean, this yeah. this noise is kind of music to my ears. Speaking of holiday songs, Silent Night or whatever that was, yeah. I have not had many silent nights with. How uh, are we sleeping? Oh, sleeping's great. The infant yeah. is is the least of my concerns, but uh, let's see. Six adults, three kids, and a baby oh. all inside of our four walls. Yeah, I haven't had a moment uh, to myself, really, until I got in the car today to come see you. So you see, very, very happy to be here. You know what? Here. We should black out the windows and just walk around in your boxers. You know, this is your home. Who Go says ahead. we aren't? Prove that we aren't. There is no live stream. Why don't we uh, Why don't we work backward a little bit? What I mean by that is, since I teased the uh, the poll for 2020, I'm not saying there's nothing to play for this week. There's a lot to play for this week, and we'll talk about that on this edition of Rams All Access. But as they finish with the Cardinals, who are you looking forward to seeing in 2020 in the SoFi Stadium opener? You know, I I hadn't I didn't give that much thought. I hadn't given that much thought yeah. until you mentioned it. Um, but the 49ers were top of mind, right? Like that rivalry to me is going to be red hot going into next year, which I think is cool. Wow. Well, are we assuming that? Well, I guess we're working backwards. I don't want to see them in opening day at that stadium. Save that for later. Save that for later. I mean, I, I think I want one that I'm almost guaranteed to win. You know, with some hype, like bring Cleveland back. How <laughs> no, about that, that? That's not an option. But how about either one of the New York teams, or you could have the Seahawks or the Patriots? Maybe I'll take the Seahawks in that one. Okay, Seahawks would be fun. It would be hyped. Uh, you can beat them. Uh, it's it's yeah. That's that would be a good opponent to open up the stadium. I think the most likely one will be the Dallas Cowboys, given the uh, ties that Jerry Jones has to Stan Kroenke wow. and the relocation of Los Angeles and SoFi Stadium. I think that would be a blockbuster opener. In fact, Vinny Bonsignor, our, yeah. uh, our friend who used to cover the Rams now is in Las Vegas, wrote a piece uh, this week uh, trying to figure out how the NFL could feature the Rams, Chargers, and Raiders all in primetime on that opening week so that you get two SoFi Stadium games in primetime and the Vegas new stadium. Was it Allegiant? Yeah. In in primetime all in that opening week. Do you have to play an NFC opponent? No. No, there's... Rams-Chargers. No, gosh, no. Let's start the whole thing off. No, but DeMarco, the, the schedule is already made. The schedule is already made. You know, you know who your your home opponents yeah, yeah. are, okay. and, and the Chargers are not them. <laughs> Put that out publicly, and uh, here are the results. 35% uh, respondents, over 1,000 votes, over 1,200 votes, wanted the uh, 49ers rematch, probably because it's fresh in their mind, I would think, right now, the red and gold. Uh, a tie between Cowboys and Patriots at 22%. Seahawks wow. got 21%. So it's pretty close. I think there are a lot of good options. I think any one of those matchups would be fantastic. You think Brady's there next year I in do. New England? I do. Yeah. Um, this quarterback market is going to be interesting. You know why? It's because I'm tired well, of saying... That he's going to retire? Yeah. Okay. You can only be wrong so many times. You never know. Um, but either way, just you have to play better than you did in 2019. Yeah. You know what I mean? I will say this about Brady. He's been one of the worst performing quarterbacks in the second half of this schedule. Yeah. I think the thought that they're just going to show up in the AFC Championship game and advance to Miami again is uh, yesterday's news. Ooh, like I said, I think Baltimore is coming out of the AFC. Right, because there's, there's other viable contenders yeah. who are going to have home field Maybe Kansas City, but Baltimore seems like they have it, especially if New England is playing like, or Brady's playing like he's playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Year-end awards. Let's do it. Uh, 2019 MVP for the Los Angeles Rams. Who pops into your mind? Uh, to me, it's an easy one, man. Um, when you need a play, when you need a spark, when you need some passion, when you need to... Be reminded of 
what it takes to be good in this league, usually it's number 17 that reminds me. Robert Woods it's, is your MVP. It's Robert Woods. I mean, the plays he makes and when he makes them and how he does it. Every time he makes a play, he lifts the football team. I'm not saying that Jared Goff throwing a touchdown pass or Todd Gurley stiff-arming somebody into the end zone uh, doesn't give the team a lift. But when the team needs it most, it seems like it's always Robert Woods that brings that that spark, that emotion, that lift, that big play. So to me, Woods would be my – Bobby Trees is my MVP. Why not Aaron Donald? Is it just because of what we talked about last week that you're judging him against his track record and especially his MVP caliber season of 2018? Uh, I, I hope it's that. I mean, it's not a knock against AD. Um, the one thing AD can't do is score. You know, he can't pick up first downs. He can get you off the field. He can get yeah. sacks. He can, you know, create negative rushing yards for the opponent. But – Picking up first down, staying on the field, being right when everything is going wrong, it just seems like 17 keeps coming up. So it's nothing against 99. It's just Bobby Trees, to me, is the MVP. He's the catalyst on that football team. Despite missing a game in 2019, he cobbled together back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons. In 2018 and 19, he's the sixth receiver in franchise history to accomplish that, the first since Torrey Holtz in 2007. And how about this for some symmetry? Knowing that Robert Woods is a Carson product, knowing that he played in the Coliseum while a USC Trojan, he plays his 100th NFL game on Sunday against the Cardinals in the Rams Coliseum finale. Wow. That's awesome, right? Wow. I mean, Clay will be there, Clay Matthews with some uh, Coliseum ties, Nikhil Roby Coleman. But Robert Woods, your 2019 MVP, will be, I think, at the front uh, of the Rams roster in terms of so. saying goodbye to the four-year run there. I, I hope he gets in the end zone. That would be one emphatic spike if it, if it does. Mm. You know, I hope it's a game winner, too. I'm going to give uh, Cooper Cup, his wide receiver mate, a, a nod for comeback player of the year. Also a 1,000-yard season, his first. Uh, most improved... I think this should be a consensus, right? Most improved? Go ahead. Think about the month of December. If I just said, who's the MVP of December? Go ahead. Tyler Higby. Oh, no doubt. See, okay, I have one question about Hig. Is it because of personnel who you don't have? Like, Everett was out, so Mm -hmm. you get more looks. Coop was whatever since London, and you have to depend on him. But either way, the catches Higby has made and what he's done – I think he's put himself in the category as elite tight end, at least the way he's finished the season. I could take a stab at answering that, but I actually have Sean McVay trying to answer that. You want to hear him first, and then we can discuss more about the connection between uh, best buddies, Jared Goff and Tyler Higbee? I think it's been big. You know, those guys would be better to speak on it than me, but they've uh, they've got a great rapport. I think the thing that's, that Tyler's done such a nice job of is that he's been available and he's made his plays on all three downs, you know, and, and that's usually where when you look at it, uh, in some instances you're saying, okay, you're spot playing or you're situationally playing, and, you know, the fact that he can be a legitimate target on third down, a legitimate target on first and second down, and, and the way that he's been able to uh, get involved in a variety of different ways, you know, it really helps us and you know we always talk about making the defense defend all your eligibles and um, you know being able to utilize him especially in those early downs where you're you know using 20 percent of your eligibles that you typically haven't been using throughout the year uh, really makes the defense say okay we got to account for him and um, he's done it in a lot of ways the drop back game the screen uh, play action uh, off of our bootlegs I mean he's made a lot of different plays it was nice that he was going up against George Kittle in that game I think his four straight 100 yard receiving performance because I think that's 
what you aspire to. I think that's his ceiling, right? Yeah. Talking about being a three-down player, impacting the running game, getting removal from the tight end position, and always being a threat uh, to receive the ball on all three downs. You know, that, that little half boot they do when they yes. throw back across the body to Higby. and the tight he's, screen. Yeah, he's running down the middle of the hash marks, and it's two smaller safeties or a corner coming mm-hmm. over to hit him. He turns into a bigger guy. He goes physical when he needs to. And when he's got you outmatched speed-wise, he turns into an athletic guy and gets behind you. So that, to me, is versatility, like you said. You can use him on all three downs, possibly four if necessary. Coming up next on Rams All Access, final games in horns. Who might be playing for the Rams for the final time in Week 17? Plus, our favorite play slash moment of 2019. We'll let DeMarco far chew on that during this break on ESPN LA 710. Hi, this is Eric Weddle of your Los Angeles Rams. This is Rams All Access. He's pushing the pile to the goal line. Touchdown, Todd Gurley. Touchdown, L.A. Rams All Access. J.B. Long and DeMarco Farr. ESPN L.A. 710. Getting you ready for Week 17. Rams, Cardinals, for the final Rams game at the Coliseum. Rams All Access is powered by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back to Rams All Access. to Marco Farr, J.B. Long. The Coliseum finale, and it's against the Arizona Cardinals. No team has dominated an opponent more in the last three years than Sean McVay's Rams have over the Arizona Cardinals. Undefeated under his leadership, they'll try and sweep them again in 2019. But Marco, let's uh, start this segment with some injury news. Jalen Ramsey played through a knee in that second half, but he will not play through it again in Week 17. His half season for the Rams, his first, is done. And with Troy Hill out with a broken hand, it's going to make for some uh, interesting corner decisions. You know, I think Darius Williams has been a revelation the last two weeks. He'll yeah, get a start. He's been good. And David Long Jr., I mean, I, I don't think many people, I'm sure people know or remember, but like, I don't think it's top of mind that he was one of the Rams' highest draft picks, right? Yeah. And yeah. so he, he was expected to contribute in these moments, and they'll get a good look at him against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals this week. I was surprised in the game when Jalen Ramsey had come out of the game, when we found out that there was something wrong. I saw him on the phone, and I thought he was talking about something schematic, but it seemed like he had to be talked into going in to get looked at, like he didn't want to come out. Interesting. Um, but what happened was Darius Williams was, was already on the field, and Nikel Roby Coleman came on the field as the other outside corner. Yep. So that was your backup. That was your, in case you lost one, he's going to come in the football game. Well, I hope that changes because I want to keep Roby Coleman where he is. Really? At the nickel and then bring in another outside corner. Well, that'll be something to keep Especially an eye on. Especially against Arizona. No, that'll yeah. be something to keep an eye on because I, I think the inclination might be to put David Long in the slot. And let Nikel play outside, but but we'll see on Sunday. Yeah, I think you're alluding to the fact that you're going to get future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald in the slot. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I'd rather have some experience, a little more toughness there, and you know, just the guy that's played against Larry a bunch of times. Because, like you said, Arizona, they're different than when we saw them last in mm-hmm. Arizona. I mean, they've got some spark. They just beat Seattle, so oh. they're going to come in here like world beaters. Yes. Yeah. And keep in mind that Christian Kirk was basically made invisible by Jalen Ramsey on one half of the field for that uh, December first contest in the desert. Uh, Daryl Henderson got a carry 
And I think I described it at the time on Saturday night as like they took him out of mothballs. Because it's been a long time since we've seen Henderson get a meaningful touch. Unfortunately, he also took a high ankle sprain that's going to require some cleanup surgery. So his rookie season is done. And uh, with Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown, your only other running backs on the roster, it sounds like Sean McVay is leaning towards John Kelly being signed from the practice squad to bolster their depth there. But I'll be really intrigued to see what the distribution of carries looks like against the Cardinals. Uh, like, are you going to, yeah. in, in a game that is, quote, meaningless, not to us, but in terms of implications, are you going to give Gurley as heavy a load as he's seen in December? I wouldn't. What's the point? Right. Me neither. Yeah. What's the point in sending him in there right now? I, look, you want to win for pride. If he wants to play, then let him go. But play a little bit, come out. Treat it like preseason. But what's the point in really pounding Todd Gurley in a game the last game of the year when you're not going to the postseason. I'd almost go back to the the early season design where he's your closer. You know, you get yeah. you get inside the twenty. He's clearly gifted there. Uh, the only Rams player in franchise history now with three consecutive seasons of at least thirteen touches. Look, it hasn't been his best year, but man, has he finished drives? No doubt. And I would love it for it to be the Malcolm Brown show. And I would hope that I, I last season before he got hurt. I thought that was going to be his role, but the only thing with Malcolm this year is, okay, if he takes five carries and he gets dinged up yeah. and has to come out. So you're going to have to split those if Todd's not running. And remember, John Kelly with C.J. Anderson, uh, quite a tandem in the desert last year. Obviously, yeah. C.J. off the street did most of the uh, damage against the Arizona Cardinals in that penultimate game. But uh, Kelly was up, and he got some touches as well, so he'll see the uh, Red Sea again here at the end of 2019. It does sound like Rob Havenstein is on the shelf. I don't think that surprises you, given the fact that he was a healthy scratch last week at San Francisco. Yeah, he, he, It's not like you need more film on Rob. So in a game that, again, does not put you in or out of the postseason, why not continue to get a look at Bobby Evans, who uh, left but returned to the Week 16 contest and should be good to go? You know, good for Bobby having to come back through injury. That's something you got to work through as a young guy, and it you only learn from it when it happens. It happened to him, and he came back in the football game. But for Rob Havenstein, he would be a candidate for a guy I would give the wrong itinerary to. Because mm. you know he wants to play. He wants to play bad. He wants to go out there with his guys and go down swinging. But I think what's best for you right now is just heal up, period. Take this as the off season and get ready for 2020. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't well, worry about Sunday. Because you're already a couple months into your rehab, right? Yeah. You would you would want to set that back again and start 2020 January the off season program, you know, in a negative position from a health front. Yeah, just be smart. If this was back in August, <clears throat> September, that yeah, you have to play through it. You have to beat yourself up. But now you've got a chance to rest. Take the rest. It is intriguing to me as well that this offensive line is going to start the final seven games of the year. So they have built some back-end cohesion in this schedule. It's not how they drew it up. It may not be how they line up next year. But this particular subset of five has a good amount of film, I think, in their given roles. And that's something that when you head into an offseason, not sure who the starter at any of the five positions is going to be, could be valuable. I think that could be a launching point for your offseason evaluation. Uh, a word on Andrew Whitworth and maybe anchoring that offensive line in 2020, still to come. But Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. DeMarco Farr and J.B. Long on this final edition of Rams All Access in 2019. Who might be playing their final game for the Los Angeles Rams this Sunday at the Coliseum? few names that are on my mind. You can ping pong these back and forth with me. But I'm going to start with Eric Weddle. 
I think this might be his last NFL game. It seems like he realizes this might be his last NFL game. Last game, period. End of story, not playing ever again. Not just for the Rams, but ever. I think last year with the Ravens, he felt like it might be his yeah. last. And, and he talked about how how much it took to get his body back into position to play this season. I, I think there's been a relatively sharp decline in the back half of this schedule in terms of his contribution physically and knowing where the Rams are at in terms of salary cap I I'd be surprised to see Eric Weddle play in the NFL next year count your blessings you 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 get out relatively healthy but you know the offseason everybody says the right things when they walk out the door and then two months later there might be a market for your services mm-hmm. and then things change yep uh so I mean we'll see but you, you know um I wouldn't say I was disappointed in his play. He he played exactly like he played in Baltimore. He brought you the exact same style of safety play that he was that he played with in Baltimore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, what's he's inter- your last line of defense, and that's how he played. Take the first say eight to ten weeks, and his grades were worthy of being a starting safety on almost any team in the National Football League. He was playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. What I think disappointed me is we spent the whole offseason talking about how smart, how well-aligned, how prepared, how organized the defense was going to be with him serving as a defensive coordinator on the field. I think this defensive team was plagued by what seemed to be miscommunication, including that final sequence to third down and 16s, especially the second one at San Francisco, right? Yeah. And I'm not putting that all on Eric Little's shoulders. That was clearly a Taylor Rapp mistake. I'm just saying... It seemed like what we were promised in terms of having his veteran genius back there didn't play out in terms of the coverage bust that proved costly in some Rams losses. I had a great conversation with a Hall of Famer on the sideline about this very same subject, and he just posed a question like he always does. He says, when's the last time you've seen a defense led by a safety? Like the safety actually calls plays and not the inside linebacker. And I had to think, I haven't. And he goes, aha. You know what I mean? So it's not like a knock. And he also said Weddle is a great guy. He loves the way he plays, but it, it might be a little disjointing when your safety is supposed to be the guy that's the captain of the defense, hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. food for offseason thought. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Clay Matthews, who I think has racked up the sacks in a way that if you had told us in August, we would have been all been psyched about. But I, I'm not sure that Clay Matthews is in the structure of the 2020 Rams. I'm really not. Hmm. What, what's his numbers? I don't have them in front of me. How many sacks? Well, so eight, the, Is it eight sacks? That gets into the question of, are you more concerned with the sack total, or are you more concerned with the overall production? Well, because, because I can give it to you in a couple of different ways. Eight sacks, nine tackles for loss, a couple of forced fumbles. But, in how many games? But but barely yeah. inside the pro football focus top 100 at his position of outside linebacker. Right. Um, and then, he, yeah, he missed, uh, what, a small handful of games with a broken jaw suffered in week five at Seattle. So if you don't do your homework and just looking from the outside end, those numbers say he just bought another year in the in the National Football right, League. But you, if you go deeper, you'll see. Over a 16-game season, he's yeah. a double-digit sack getter. But I think everyone has to be taken with the context of playing next to Aaron Donald, right? Like right. Morgan Fox is getting a couple of cleanup sacks. Dante Fowler Jr. is having a career year. Samson Abukam has showed up. And yes, Clay Matthews, in, in certain circumstances, has been very productive. I'm just not sure that next year at age 34, a 12th NFL season, uh, again, this is yeah. going to be a decision, uh, an offseason of hard decisions, and he might be one of the casualties. If he's trying to decide whether to play or retire, just watch the Dallas game again hmm. and just be honest with yourself. Yeah, well, uh, that there. And I, I'll say this: you mentioned his name. I do. I really don't want to split up Fowler and Donald. 
Yeah, you said that at leaving yeah. um, Levi Stadium on Saturday night. That's a pretty good tandem, outside, inside, and they're vibing off each other. So this is a popular question right now. I'm not sure it's um, it's necessarily factual or insightful one because it, it may not be an either-or proposition. It could be neither or both. Corey Littleton or Dante Fowler, if you could only oh. have one for next year. Wow, I can only have one? Mm-hmm. I have to go with Corey then. See, I have to go with Fowler. See, <laughs> I, I see. I think Corey just provides so much leeway defensively. You can go right back to having him call plays, yes. giving him the dot, and he's also a threat on special teams. I get it, but I'm with you on Fowler, man. Watching these two guys play, it's like Malone and Stockton, the way they run games. They don't even have to talk. Half that stuff you saw in game day was not called. That's just two guys going mm-hmm. to get it and knowing where the other guy's going to be. That's why I don't want to split that up. I, I just have to go with the value of the position. Like, let's say you have to use the franchise tag. I'm okay with franchising an, an edge rusher. Like, I think Dante Fowler at that price point is an okay investment. At middle linebacker in today's NFL, and I know that Corey plays it the modern fashion and does Ooh. it as well as anyone. I, I So franchise and make the deal with Corey. I don't, franchise I Fowler, just, make the deal with Corey. Maybe, but I'm not sure. Okay. I, I just, I, I, again, I think there's going to be a, a belt tightening off season here, and I'm not sure you can have both. That might be a luxury mm. you can't afford. A couple other questions for you. Michael Brockers, even Greg Zerline on the other side of this break, and Andrew Whitworth says he may be up for one more. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, we continue to evaluate the offseason ahead for the Los Angeles Rams, plus a deep dive into the Arizona Cardinals Week 17 matchup on ESPN LA 7. This is Rams All Access. Getting you ready for Week 17. Rams, Cardinals, Rams, Cardinals. For the final Rams game at the Coliseum. Hi, this is Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. This is the home of the NFC champs. Whose house? Rams house. Only on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Hi, this is Todd Gurley of your LA Rams. This is Rams All Access. This is Rams All Access. Welcome back to Rams All Access. Left tackle Andrew Whitworth says he may be open to playing 2020. One more go-round in the National Football League. He's playing some of his best down the stretch here in the month of December. We asked Sean McVay if he wouldn't mind pushing that horizon out one more year with his all-pro left tackle. I mean, he is an unbelievable guy. I mean, unbelievable person, unbelievable player. Uh, the way that he's been able to sustain and play at such a high level, I, I continue to come away amazed and impressed. It's like anything else. You know, he and I will we'll sit down, we'll, we'll discuss some things uh, after the season, uh, but I know he's in the same uh, mindset that I am. Let's attack Arizona this sure. week. Let's let's do the best we can, and then let's uh, deal with those things afterwards where there'll be a lot of good reflection that we'll have and, you know, he's somebody that, you know, whether he decided he was going to, you know, play or not play, you know, that you'd spend some time with because of his perspective. And I feel really fortunate to work with him. What say you, DeMarco? Is he the first of five offensive linemen to earn their job in 2020 with the Los Angeles Rams? You know, of anybody on this football team, I think Andrew Whitworth gets thrown more bones than anybody on that roster, which means he gets more vet days. He gets to take days off. And that's the way you should treat mm-hmm. a guy that old. But. He doesn't look like it on game day. He looks like the fresher guy. He's always the first to lead the offense on the field. It's the little things that you have to look at. So he's not taking those vet days for granted. He's actually using them to get better, Mm -hmm. and he drives the football team that way. And I agree with Sean McVay. If he wants to go again, absolutely. 
Yeah, don't throw out his stuff, training room guy or equipment guy. Keep that stuff in that locker in case he wants to come back. You know what goes unspoken there, though, I think? I'm not sure about this. At what price? Yeah, well, be smart. Because he and his representatives may have to be gentle with with what they're asking for for next season to make it work, right? Right. Yeah, could they use him? Yes. Is he better than what they might be able to find to replace him? Yes. Especially but, without a first round pick. But yeah. can can they afford him at a middle to top of the left tackle market price point? I'm not sure. Well, ask then you'd have to ask him this is tell him this is what we can pay. And are you willing to play for that? Right. You know what I mean? And right. just leave it at that. It's up to you. We want you back. If you want to play, then so be it. But Which is tough yeah. though, because Andrew is well within his rights to say Show me who show me who you would prefer to start for you at left tackle next year. Right? That's a great quest, but you can't you can't pay that big right. money anymore because of what's going to happen in twenty twenty. But that's kind of what Cincinnati thought, yeah. Which is why the Rams got him, right? And and why it's been so integral to have him during this three year run. Yeah, there's got to be some give and take there. But I would say this: if he wants to come back and play left tackle, mm-hmm. I'm sure Jared Goff would be on board because he has been fantastic, especially down the stretch. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, switching sides, Michael Brockers has had a great run with the Rams and was the first pick of the Les Snead era. Uh, I think it was well worth keeping Brock around for this 2019 season at his price point. I think he had a borderline career season, uh, definitely a bounce back campaign from where he was a year ago. Uh, but might this be the last time we see him in horns? Uh, would it be insulting to ask for a contract restructuring if you wanted to keep him? Would it be insulting to walk to Michael Brockers and say, "Will you take a pay cut?" Yeah, I think it probably. Would be. Okay, I think it would be. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I could. And I think there'll be another team out there that sees his film and, and realize that his counting stats are probably a little deflated because he he's playing next to a future Hall of Famer. You're right. And and see how versatile he's been across the defensive front in recent years for the Rams, and say. We could do worse than building, you know, or supplementing what we have with a piece like that. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but if he's not here, I would almost guarantee you'll see Michael Brockers twice a year. So you're saying he's going to wind up in San Francisco, Seattle, or Arizona? Yes, probably the latter. Mm. Okay, because he's better than what you got right now. I, I would pay him whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> you would almost certainly see him twice a year. Let, let him let him break the bank because he's a great guy, and I do not want to see him wearing a, the only the only new uniform I want to see him in. Yeah, is the revamp twenty twenty look for the Los Angeles. Fair enough. Fans. Yes, but uh, it's the business of football, and they know it's, if you can't keep him, if you can't use him, if you don't have space, or you can't pay him, then someone in this division is going to take him. I already dropped his name, but can I finish this kind of uh, who might we be seen playing for the Rams for the last time with a a sneaky one that I don't think really dawned on me until this week? Greg Zerline. Hmm. And believe me, I, I subscribe the whole the devil you know is is the better is better than the one you don't right. And fishing in the kicker market is a dangerous proposition. You do not want to be in that gang. But at the same time. He'll be 32 next season. He's missed at least one field goal in eight games this year. He still hit some huge ones. I mean, it, we're still in the same calendar year in which he sent you to the Super Bowl right. in the NFC Championship game. From 55? Yeah, for, for, for Zerline, 57. From 57, yeah. you're right. <laughs> and 48 to force overtime. Right. <laughs> I just uh, I don't know that there's a better option out there, but I do think you're getting to the point where you have to measure risk, reward, compensation, and and Zerline could be what you call a cap casualty. Here's where I sit. I think he's earned competition in camp. 
Like it goes late if you do have to. But do something you got with you got to resign them to get them to camp. That's the thing. Oh, you do. Don't yeah. You? Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I I haven't lost faith in him. I still think every time he trots out there from whatever distance, he's going to boot this thing through the uprights. And I'm disappointed when he doesn't. Me too. I, I haven't I haven't gone to this is a lost cause. He's going to miss. Why even try? I see when you set up for a long field goal because you have that weapon on the sideline, but if he's compromised, if you've lost some of that trust, then you might have to move in a different direction. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i with you. I don't know that you can find a better option. Uh, I do still trust him, despite the fact that he and the special teams collectively have had their worst year since the team came back to Los Angeles, I would say. Yeah. And, and for all the areas of regression that we've spent a lot of time talking about, that's probably the one that has gotten the least burn but this is not a good special teams group this year no um a lot of penalties again and some missed field goals that could have won you games uh we we don't we talk a lot about rap and ramsey in san francisco that last misplay that uh, helped you lose the football game you threw a pick six and you missed a field goal in that football game so those are all the things that could help you and then you go back to seattle but you know look i i always kind of compared him to seabass because of how strong his leg is, even if he misses a few, how many eight this season he's missed? He's missed at least one, one. field goal in eight different games. He's missed, uh, yeah, looks like eight out of thirty-one. I, I kind of excuse it because the guy is—he's got a leg. I mean, some kickers you wouldn't even try anything right, right, beyond right. forty-five, and you he's been I mean? perfect in extra points. Yeah, and he's done plenty of good things. I just here's the other part: is he's been injury prone. Yeah. You know, since we came back from Seattle, what was that, 2017, and his back clenched up on him on the plane or whatever, he, he's been liable to miss some time. And I, yeah. I think that's a tough predicament to be in going into 2020. Although I would, let, let me, I just thought of this, I would love to see him make SoFi Stadium his home yard, right? Wouldn't that be cool? Figure out whatever the kicking dynamics are in there in, in kind of a climate-controlled environment. I wish I could do this. I wish I could have Johnny Hecker kick off. Because I think that, from what I hear from most place kickers, most of the damage to your body comes on kickoff kickoff anyway. Kick kickoff plays anyway for place kickers. Like the Niners did with Wishnowski yes. saving Robbie Gold. I wish they could do that and have Johnny Hecker kick off and let Zerline just handle the, the place kicking, the, the, the field goal duty. Mm. Rams All Access brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. All right, well, that was certainly more uh, time than I thought we would devote to uh, the Rams' 2020 <laughs> place-kicking plans, but since it came up in conversation, uh, let's finish this segment on, on a positive note. The Coliseum swung, Swan Song um, this Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. And as you think back over the last four years, what do you think is your favorite memory? Favorite memory of being in the Coliseum? Oh, well, uh, you know, the one that stands out is... It's a Robert Woods touchdown, okay. and he goes into the peristyle end and jumps up and high-fives YG. Yeah. That environment was just bananas. You know, football is back in Los Angeles, was, and the Rams are actually, like, really good. Houston Texans? Is that who that was? Was that Rob's game? I know Rob caught one. He had, like, that kind of reverse orbit screen that yeah. was sweet, and then he had the deep post from the Rams' end. I think it was that one. Was but it that one? He, he, when he went into the end zone with fight on? That's the one. Okay. Yes. That, to me, I mean, the place was going berserk. It was great. The energy was just unbelievable. That will always stand out in my mind. Hmm. You know, this is this is tough for me because I, I love the playoff win over the Cowboys, the first one against the Seahawks. 
is indelible in my mind. But that Monday night football win against the Kansas City Chiefs, a game that was not even supposed to be played at the Coliseum because of all the peripheral circumstances and many of them being tragic. And then you deliver uh, the game of the year and maybe the best Monday night football game ever played. The Rams had their homecoming in 2016, but to me, that's when they became LA's team again in a more in a broader sense, right? Like yes. that, that's I think when the city, with two arms, embraced the Los Angeles Rams because of all the work the Rams did on and off the field during that period of time. And give Kansas City credit; they tried to spoil the party and just couldn't. You know what I mean? They tried; they really did. They tried to mess it up and they couldn't. The Rams wouldn't let them. I'm with you, man. But Leaving that stadium that night, I was like floating on air. That was certainly part of it. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes was a red hot commodity and <laughs> right. on his way to an MVP. And the opponent does play a role in, in these memories. And certainly, the Kansas City Chiefs did their part. So did I'd Samson love to see Abercom. Tyreek Hill and Lamar Jackson in a 40 yard dash. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and Todd Gurley, who we've never seen in a 40 yard ah. dash, just to mix it up a little bit. Uh, before we are done with this finale of Rams All Access, a look around the division. Who does DeMarco think will clinch the West? And can San Francisco secure the number one seed by winning at Seattle? And will Kyler Murray start at quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals? A lot to cover as we wrap things up this 2019 season. Rams All Access, JB Law, DeMarco Farr, only on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN Time for a look around the division for week 17. So the Arizona Cardinals just punched Seattle in the mouth at CenturyLink. That was one of the more surprising results of the season. In fact, the Arizona Cardinals playing well here down the stretch, wins over Cleveland and Seattle. They come to the Coliseum with a uh, quarterback nursing a hamstring injury. Kyler Murray is having an incredible rookie debut campaign. But will he start? Will he be 100% when he faces this Rams defense? DeMarco, does it matter to you much in terms of your defensive game plan whether it's him or tyler hunley oh god yes yes kyler murray is somebody you have to plan for uh there's some things you just can't do when he's in there you have to change how you rush if you're dante fowler if you're anybody coming from the outside you're gonna have to go through down you're gonna have to go down the middle of guys uh just to keep him in in the pocket first and then rush the passer at the same time aaron donald included you just can't cut it loose against the guy that quick so It'll change you some. It'll change their offense, much like you saw when Baltimore was here. Same offense, same game plan, just replace Lamar Jackson with RG3, mm. and it's not so deadly. It's not so dangerous. You know what I mean? So same thing with Kyler Murray. He is 103 yards passing away in Week 17 from becoming the sixth player in NFL history with 3,500 passing and 500-plus rushing in a single season. You want to hear these other names? Go ahead. Newton, Wilson, Culpepper, Cunningham, and most recently, Deshaun Watson. Wow. That's a pretty good list to be that's on. A good, that's a good list to be on. Yeah. And he, and he would only be the second with Newton to do it as a rookie. They're, they're going to build and grow around him, and I think he proved a lot of people right and wrong at the same time. Lamar Jackson, too. Uh, they're better than you thought. But if you got a guy like Kenyon Drake that's just ripping off 80-yard runs, it makes playing quarterback a whole lot easier. What a, what a revelation <laughs> yeah. 
he has been, I mean, not single-handedly rendering David Johnson obsolete because I think it was heading that direction anyway, but Chase Edmonds was playing well, and all of a sudden Drake's come in and he's been the feature back. Last couple of weeks have been incredible, over 300 yards rushing and six combined touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just really taken hold of that job, and it might wind up being his. Now, at some point, you know, if it's if he's not the fill-in guy and he becomes the guy, then there might be some tape on him, and you'll realize why he was out there and why he wound up in Arizona anyway. But for right now, he's this year's C.J. Anderson, except they're yeah. not going to the postseason. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. But they do have some great individual talent, including Chandler Jones, who has a chance to threaten the sack record. I mean, he comes in with 19, along with eight forced fumbles. How about this? In NFL history, only Reggie White and J.J. Watt have more seasons with 17-plus sacks. They have three. Jones now has two. You know, the the amazing thing about his, like you said, the numbers are there, and he is a tremendous pass rusher. I don't think there is anyone better on the outside, or at least that stands up and rushes like him, uh, that does a better job with his hands. But he'll have a monster game, a three-sack game, but that's the only three plays he made. You know, you know what I mean? It's weird. Uh, he doesn't show up in any other phase no. or any other rep. And all those plays are big. Like, he got the ball out, changed possession for the Cardinals, but they were so far behind, it doesn't matter. But he's one of those guys that just that sneaks up on you. Like, oh, I keep forgetting about him in Arizona. But I think that's most guys that play down there. Well, Rams certainly had that defense on the run when we played there mm-hmm. earlier this month. And Sean McVay has just carved up the Arizona Cardinals. Doesn't matter who their coach is, their defensive coordinator, their personnel that changes. How about this? The Rams are the only team in NFL history to string together five consecutive wins against a single opponent by scoring at least 30 and holding the opponent to fewer than 17 in each. Wow. I mean, that's dominance. They have, they have threatened to shut out the Cardinals on multiple, multiple occasions. Remember that, uh, home game against Arizona last year with Sam Bradford, where they barely crossed midfield until the very end. Yeah. Uh, That's the one that got Steve Wilkes fired. If you ask me that game there, like this is what you came to town with. That's it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just if you don't have an interior pass rushing threat or anybody with some fang in the middle, like Arizona clearly does not, you don't have a chance versus this offense versus McVeigh. If you can't affect Jared Goff coming up the gut, forget it. Mm. Rams All Access brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. I'll take Buda Baker if they're done with him, though. <laughs> pro Bowler. <laughs> I'll take him. Yeah, he did it on special teams as an yeah. All-Pro, but uh, now as a safety, he's shown, and Patrick Peterson is playing better, and so I, I do think as I watch that film against Seattle, look, Chandler had some great pass rushes, don't get me wrong, but he also cleaned up a few that I would term coverage sacks, which weren't happening earlier this year for that Arizona secondary. No, I, you know, I, Brett Hall used to tell me, the, the hockey player, the farther he was away from the play, the better he's going to be and the more he scores. You kind of forget about him, hmm. so even a pass rusher that gets a lot of what you call coverage sacks, it's still good because you kept yourself viable and disengaged from a blocker. Most guys get locked up and they're stuck on the line of scrimmage, so even if there is a coverage sack opportunity, you can't get to you can't get there anyway. He's just as dangerous rushing the passer as in uh, one-on-one beating you or if it's a coverage situation and he's still active in the pocket. Hmm. Couple of uh, scheduling notes from around the NFL. First of all, who do you think is going to win that finale? San Francisco going up to Seattle. Uh, with Beast Mode rejoining the Seahawks. You know, before that, I would have said the Seahawks, no problem, hands down, it's up there. But 
you're really going to beast mode and you expect him to play well. And so whether it's it's Dwayne Brown, it's the backfield banged up. Yeah. You're, if that's where you're at in terms of personnel, then you're in a world of And hurt. going against that front that we just saw with guys that are coming off the street, no. But they still have Russell Wilson. And if the Arizona Cardinals and Kenyon Drake just ran all over you, right. what are the San Francisco 49ers going to do? You know, look, I think they're set up to win – in the cold, the, the the 49ers are. Going up there in that environment is not going to rattle Oh, them. I think that journey yeah. to Baltimore and New Orleans and back proved that the 49ers, who might get home field advantage throughout, are built to win anywhere. So, to answer, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick Sam Fran. Me too. To do it. Um, I think the Rams had their shots to beat them, uh, but the 49ers are resilient and they're loaded and they're also good enough to beat Seattle, this current group of Seahawks, the way they're constructed. If they were healthy with their running game with Carson and you had pro size back there and you're not really changing over, I would have taken the Seahawks, no doubt. But now I'm taking San Fran. One other thing that I'll have my eye on in the early window Sunday is an NFC South contest because it completes the Rams' 2020 schedule, the Falcons and the Buccaneers. If my tie-breaking math is correct, the loser of that game will host the Rams next season. So if the Hmm. Falcons lose, we're going back to Atlanta – if the Buccaneers lose, it's a rematch with Jameis Winston, maybe, and Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. Do we know what time of year that would be? No, we don't. Oh, because Ybor City's fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, if we're wearing shorts, yeah. But If we got to put on pants, then I'd rather go to 2016 Atlanta. 2016 when uh, the Rams went there and we had that lightning delay. It was pretty oh, yeah. swampy. That was Yeah, that was pretty sticky. Either way, yeah. it's a long trip. Uh, I just uh, I think they're going to bring back Jameis Winston. I know Matt Ryan's going to be there. Maybe franchise him. Jameis? What choice do you have? I don't know. I would start over. Me too. Uh, if 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 you were running Tampa Bay you and threw, I asked you threw thirty interceptions in a make or break season to me and thirty touchdowns, but if you were running Tampa and I asked you this question, do you think you can win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston? No. Then move on. I think the only reason you keep him is the the asset value for the potential quarterback franchise tag. You say maybe, but right. I, I, I would draft and move on. Right. I mean, in in an era where teams are moving on from quarterbacks so quickly, why are they why are they the ones still hanging on? Anyway. Last thought from me on this edition of Rams All Access. What was your favorite memory from the 2019 season that was? And I know it was disappointing and frustrating in many regards, but not since the greatest show on turf has this organization won, uh, posted a winning season in three consecutive years. If they win on Sunday, that'll be the case under Sean McVay's first three seasons. Thank you. Somebody said Sean McVay has lost his fastball. I said he hasn't had a losing season yet. Why are we off the bandwagon so quick? And he's got a Super Bowl sprinkled in there. I, I think you might want to give him a pass. And there's more or pump learning. The I think there's more learning material in this third season than there were in the first two combined. No doubt. Can I give you a personal highlight for me? Yeah. When Aaron Donald gave Drew Brees a high five, just for that whole Sean Payton New Orleans nonsense after the NFC Championship game. Ha. Interesting, because yeah. my, my moment's from week two as well. Go yeah. ahead, go ahead and finish yours. You just, can just, you can settle on one. Just for Sean Payton, you You're know, going with that. Just yeah, that was my moment. Okay, that was my moment. I, I yeah. wasn't expecting you to go vindictive, but but you did. Just but that was my moment. Come on, it was a lot of nonsense. One stint on the morning show, the morning after Christmas, and this is the mood that you're Come in. Come on, everybody's now they're saying that it should have been New Orleans in the Super Bowl that year. Come on, it was they, just one play. They may get there a year later. We'll see. I think the Saints might be the best team in the NFC. Maybe. You think? Can you think they, they come out of the NFC? Can they win on the road? Can they win on grass? They're not the same team wow. that they are in the Superdome. But I, I I, think if I had to ride with one team, it would be the New Orleans Saints. I heard they're going to play everybody because it's about seeding this week. So 
if you got to go through New Orleans, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You got to get the bye if nothing else. Yep. Uh, so I mentioned my moment of the year was from that week two game as well. Cooper Cup's catch and rumble through the secondary of the Saints was one of the great plays <laughs> that I've seen, you know, since I've been in the National Football League. Yeah. It was a crying shame they didn't uphold the touchdown and let that stand as a score. But nonetheless, him putting it on the doorstep and seeing, you know, coming off of that knee, uh, him him do that in that moment was not only a thrill, but I think it was a great sign for Cooper Cup on his way to a 1,000-yard season. DeMarco, thank you for being with me all season. That was uh, really the highlight. You, Maurice Jones-Drew, Adam Bronstein, our producer, uh, being here. Mike Pearson, our game day producer as well. Amanda Brown, Jory Hirsch. For all of you who've been a part of this 2019 campaign, we appreciate you, and we hope you are rewarded with a winning Week 17 and a winning 2019 campaign. The Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. The final Rams game at the Coliseum. We will see you on Sunday. Thanks for listening on ESPN LA 710.